Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion, Useless NBA Trivia, and Garbage Rankings. As always, if this is your first time, thanks for checking us out, but listen to our trailer, the Season 1 trailer, talking about what we're doing here. Uh, let's hop into it. We're talking about the Raptors. Part of that massive overexpansion for about seven years that came in 1995, along with the Vancouver Grizzlies. Just one team up north for now. Uh, it didn't take them too long to get relevant. Uh, their first three years, just terrible. Uh, 21 wins, 30 wins? Not half bad. They had Damon Stoudemire as a rookie that year. Uh, really incredible rookie season from, from Damon. Uh, rookie of the year. Uh, a couple years later, 1998 draft, Michael Oluwokandi, one of the biggest number one busts of all time, drafted first. They drafted Anton Jameson, traded him for Vince Carter. Uh, Vince became a superstar immediately. Took him to three straight playoffs, 45 wins, 47 wins, 42 wins. A team for to, to start winning 40 games and make the playoffs after only five seasons in the league, that's not half bad, that's, that's good. Uh, he forced his way out, it was gross. They ended up with Bosch a couple years later in that loaded 0-3 draft, in which ultimately they would have preferred Dwayne Wade, but Chris Bosch, number four, that's good. But in his seven years there, he only made the playoffs twice, first round exit twice. Uh, peaked at 47 wins in 07. Just a lot of bad decisions. They drafted Andre Bargnani, number one, and I don't think he's a bust. I don't think he's, you can say he's a bust, but he's not. He's one of the worst number one picks of all time. They tried to play Bosch at a center, but without playing small ball. Eventually, Bosch played center when he was with the Heat, uh, but he was a power forward at the five. It's different from trying to scoot him into a center and build around him as a center. It just didn't work out. He, of course, left uh, in 2010 to join the big three, take his talents down south. They were left with DeMar DeRozan, a decent scorer early on and a high flyer. Uh, by 2014, by 2013 actually, they had Kyle Lowry, who really burst onto the scene after a slow, slow start to his career. We'll get into him in a little bit. And over the next decade, they became one of the best teams in the NBA. Since 2013 and 14, they have the second best record in the NBA, just behind the Golden State Warriors, winning 61% of the games. That's above the Clippers, that's above the Celtics, Spurs, above the Heat, above the Thunder and Rockets. Second best team in the league for the last 10 years. Now, you could really argue they could be uh, a little bit higher on this list, but they're still young. Uh, they got one title, of course, in 2019-2018 offseason. They traded for Kawhi Leonard along with Danny Green for DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. Uh, in that 2019 season, Kawhi was, of course, the best player in the league. Siakam burst onto the scene, most improved player, and they won the title with 58 wins. Made the playoffs twice, uh, one win, one series win. It hasn't been awesome since. Uh, but they got a lot of pieces and they can make some big moves coming soon. So in their franchise history, uh, again, since 2014, they've won 60% of their games. All told, their 48% winning percentage. Uh, made playoff half of their 28 seasons. 14 playoff appearances in 28 seasons. You know, not terrible. Uh, let's get to the rankings. First team point guard, no surprise here, Kyle Lowry. Their turn as a franchise really coincided with his arrival. The year before he came, they won 23 games. Uh, his first season, 34, and then up to 48, 49, 56. Uh, he just transformed that franchise, and he became like a super unheralded star that nobody saw coming. He was the th third string point guard for Memphis for a couple years. Daryl Morey liked him. Uh, Daryl Morey from, from Houston liked him. Uh, traded for him in 08, 09, 
and still didn't start there for the first couple of years. Ended up coming with like 13 and 6, uh, but eventually became a six-time All-Star and All-NBA player, 20-point-per-game scorer, uh, top 25 all-time in NBA assists. Uh, he's a little bit unrecognized when you start talking about you know the point gods, but he gets a lot of assists. He has really low turnover numbers. Was only above three turnovers a game once in his career. Uh, his percentages are lower than what you'd want from a traditional, you know, point god. I hate using that term, but I also kind of love it, so I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, not the best defender because he's kind of small, but always scrappy, and he's really fitting in with these with these Heat teams. But he was doing that for years, nine years with Toronto. Uh, all told, he is number one in their assists, number one by a lot in three-pointers, number one in steals, number two in points. One of three players scored 10,000 points with the Raptors. Kyle Lowry, first team shooting guard. I might blow a couple minds. Vince Carter. Uh, now, obviously, DeMar DeRozan's going to be second team shooting guard. So I kind of want to do a compare and contrast. Carter definitely had the better career, but he only played six and a half years with Toronto, and his exit was hideous. Uh, he played 20 games in the middle of the 04-05 season. Played 20 games with Toronto, averaging 16 points a game. Just refused to shoot, didn't pass, didn't play defense, jacked up bad threes. Uh, it forced a trade to the Nets where he balled. So in 2005, he averaged uh, 16 points with Toronto in 20 games, and then with 57 games with the Nets, 28 points per game, shooting 43% from three. But he was still their first real superstar. Damon Stoudemire was nice, but Vince was their first superstar. He took him to the playoffs. He put up huge stats in the playoffs, didn't really win, um, made the second round in 2001. And Vince Carter is one of the most interesting players of all time. Uh, he was like transcendent as an offensive force, just one of the most fun guys to watch ever. Was constantly leading the league in like all-star votes, but he made All-NBA twice. Uh, when he went to the Nets, it fizzled out quickly, and his career was like over by 33, but then he hung around for 10 more years and completely flipped his switch. Like he became his ultimate teammate. Uh, one teammate of the year, something that you never would have thought when he was playing in Toronto. Uh, kind of uh, Bob McAdoo-esque. And while DeRozan was there longer, he had more success, uh, it's not a coincidence that he got traded and they won the title immediately. Obviously they traded for a much better player, but still. The team was, by all metrics, worse with him off the court. And I don't love those, those metrics saying that your team is somehow worse when your best player plays. But it is a little bit telling that DeMar DeRozan, that the Raptors were better when DeMar DeRozan was on the bench. Uh, so Vince Carter, we're giving it up to you. He's fourth in career points, just shy of 10,000. He's eighth in assists, ninth in total rebounds. And among all NBA players, first in total seasons played, 22 seasons played. Uh, top 20 in points, scoring 25,728 for his career. Third in games with 1541, seventh and threes with 2290, but ultimately only made All NBA twice. Third team in 2000, second team in 2001. One of the most overrated players ever. Not to say I don't love him. Uh, went too long on him. First team, small forward. Said in the intro, you were only with a team for one year. You cannot be higher than third team All Franchise unless you win a title. And that is what Kawhi Leonard did. He brought them their only title one year there, 2019. He played 60 games in the regular season, load management, averaging you know 27 points, seven rebounds, 
shooting 50% from the field, 37% from three, and then turn it on in the playoffs. 30 points per game, nine rebounds, of course, a couple steals, hitting a lot of threes. And oh my goodness, that uh, buzzer beater, game seven, second round against the Sixers. That's one of my favorite basketball memories ever. You just could see it hang and bounce and bounce and clank. Absolutely bananas. And it's a little bit of luck that he won. I mean, the Warriors have just played five straight finals. That's just a lot of miles. They were bound to break down. But he still beat them. You can't take that away. So, of course, he doesn't rank highly in uh, most career stats for the Raptors. Doesn't even qualify to lead for points per game or anything like that. He's only played 60 games there. And really interesting, like, if you look at his total NBA, like, his, uh, his career stats against all NBA players... They're not great. He doesn't rank in the top 100 of anything because he just missed so, so many games. Just like the poster boy for load management. But then when you get to playoffs, you know, top 20 in steals, top 35 in points, just uh, just a different beast. First team power forward, Chris Bosch. Now, you can make a lot of arguments that he's one of the ultimate all stats, no substance guys, but Toronto just sucked throughout the entire 2000s. They put nothing around him. He made way more All-Stars than you would really probably think. 11 All-Stars in his career, five of which came with Toronto. Only made All-NBA once in 2007. That was their 47-year, uh, or 47-win year. One of his two playoff appearances. Uh, he was a 20-10 guy for most of his career with, uh, with the Raptors and really sacrificed a lot going to Miami. Sacrificed money and stats, but he got two titles, so, you know, he's chilling. A really ahead-of-his-time guy. Really start shooting threes more in Miami. We'll talk about that more when we get to uh, get to the Heat, the All Heat team. But he was an incredible mid-range guy, a nice rebounder, really long, underrated defender, could lock down pretty much anybody. Got beat up in the post because he was kind of skinny and uh, couldn't really score too well in the post. Kind of like a, a two and a five's body, so he played him at four. But if he was playing now, he'd be jacking up threes, jacking up eight threes a game, which he did at the end of his uh, Miami career. He is third in Raptors points, uh, first in total rebounds and blocks. Uh, this is probably, now there's one guy on our second team that you could argue might have passed him, probably will eventually pass him, but for now it's Chris Bosh. First team center, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, you, you could put a couple guys above him, but I'm going with Jonas. Uh, only averaged 20, 25 minutes a game. Throughout his Raptors career, never played 30, uh, but a nice, you know, 12 and 9, shooting 55%. Didn't really pass, didn't really block, but a big, big figure for those really good teams. I mean that literally and figuratively. Big isn't a main part of their offense and defense and their main rebounder, their only rebounder for a couple years. Um, also just a massive presence on the court. The In the middle of the 2018 season, he was traded for Marcus Gasol, uh, an aging Marcus Gasol. So they really put their chips into that year. They knew they were going to have Kawhi for one year. They traded for him on an expiring contract. Had him for a year, let him sign away, but they believed they would get a title. Traded Jonas for Marcus Gasol, who had probably five months left of, of good basketball. Uh, but Marcus Gasol was you know, great defensive player, incredible passer. And Jonas just a big, strong body and solid center. So that's our first team. Kyle Lowry, Vince Carter, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Bosh, and Jonas Valanciunas. Second team. Uh, point guard going Jose Calderon, all-time leader in single-season free throw percentage, 98%, 2009, eight half bound. Uh, played there eight years, 
seven and a half years. Uh, really weird career because he got a lot of assists a couple years, but then sometimes didn't. Going from his rookie season on, four assists, five assists, eight assists, nine assists, five assists, nine assists, nine assists. That's just weird. Uh, great three-point shooter, though. Uh, didn't take enough early on. In the year he was traded, though, 2012-13, 46% from three. That's led the league pretty handily. Oh, a good quality starter for the first 10 years of his career on those, you know, two playoff teams. So you can't take that away from him. It's, it's getting kind of ugly here, guys. I'm going to be honest. Second team shooting guard, DeMar DeRozan. Now, I think people first started hearing about him in the 2011 dunk contest. That was a really good dunk contest, and not just because I was a kid when I watched it and made me fall in love with the dunk contest again. God, that was a good a good stretch, a good couple years of dunk contests. JaVale McGee really got robbed by Blake Griffin. Um, first four years, kind of, you know, yada yada. Uh, when he turned 23s and really, he really took off, 23, 24, which is the age most... Uh, most athletic guards really blow up. 2014, first time All-Star, 22.7 points per game. First time in the playoffs for Toronto since 2008. Ended up playing four All-Star games with Toronto uh, in his Toronto career, nine seasons, uh, almost 20 points per game. Kind of brought down by his, uh, his first couple seasons. Didn't even average double figures his, his rookie year. Good percentages, did not take threes, hated taking threes. His last season there, they tried to force him to start taking threes. Uh, doubled doubled his uh, three points attempted. Only hit 31% though. And then they ditched him when they failed in the playoffs again. They did make the uh, conference finals in 2016 with him as their offensive fulcrum. Um, so that's nice. And when he went to San Antonio is when he really became more rounded, started playing defense, became a great passer. And then Chicago offered him this ludicrous contract, and he had the best season of his career and took a bad team to the playoffs. So ultimately, he, he really bumped up the career rankings after he left Toronto. But again, the team was worse. His plus minuses are, are poor. His usage percentages are way too high. Win shares compared to the rest of his team, subpar. But he is their all-time leading scorer, 13,000 points. He just cracked 20,000 points this season. Congrats, welcome to the club. Second team, small forward. Uh, it's starting to get dark, it's starting to get real dark. I'm going OG Anunobi, and I don't love it. Uh, he's been there six years. Uh, he started his rookie year 20 minutes a game on a pretty good team, and then came off the bench the following year, of course, because Kawhi and Danny Green came into town. But always positive metrics, like the polar opposite of DeMar DeRozan. He's got winning advanced stats. Decent score, you know, 15 to 18 points per game, shooting 47% for his career, hits the occasional three, a uh, couple a game, gets rebounds, a couple assists, led the league in steals this past season, uh, but one of the most lockdown defenders in the league. He's probably the ultimate 3 and D guy right now. Uh, all defensive second team this season, and he got votes the previous three seasons. Already ninth in Raptors career steals in just the 60s at age 25. Uh, second team power forward, you could argue him over Chris Bosh, Mon Pascal Siakam already has more All-NBA teams than Chris Bosh ever did. That's interesting. Drafted in 2016, uh, breakout player in 2019, when more shots started going around with more flowing players with DeMar DeRozan off the court. Uh, averaged 17 and 7 that season, blew up to 23 points per game when he was their offensive uh, leader in 2020. Two-time All-Star this past year, averaged 24 points, 8 rebounds, nice passer, 6 assists, 
that really started coming these last couple years. Uh, wasn't always a willing or able passer early in his career, but it's really bumped up. Uh, can hit the three, hits good percentages, lead leaguer in minutes, league leader in minutes these last two years. Of course, that's the uh, Nick Nurse effect. Imagine that will go down going soon, going forward. Uh, but he was second team in 2020, second team in the bubble year, third team last year. That ain't half bad. Already top 10 in Raptors steals, seventh in assists, third in rebounds, ninth in blocks, fifth in points, and sixth in games played. He's been around for a little bit. I think it's just a couple more years. Uh, you can officially say he's past Chris Bosh, but I don't, I just, you know. Misses a lot of games. Made the playoffs twice as the main guy, same as Bosh, with a much, much better franchise, much better team. He was probably the fourth best player on that title team, but he did really step up in those playoffs. 19 points a game, up from 17 in the regular season. Second team center, Antonio Davis. He was a backup power forward for the Reggie Miller Pacers in the 90s. Traded straight up for Jonathan Bender before the 99 season when the Pacers made their uh, finals run. He was only with Toronto for four and a half years and then eight games to end his career a couple years later. Uh, an all-star game in 2001 when they made the playoffs. Uh, part of those Vince Carter playoffs teams in 2000, 2001, 2002. Put up big numbers in the playoffs. 16 points, 11 rebounds in 12 playoff games. 40 minutes, shooting 50% in 2001. That ain't half bad. Uh, his numbers really jumped up with Toronto compared to Indiana. Uh, in his Toronto career, 13 points, 9 rebounds. Low percentages, 42%. For his Toronto career. Not a lot of longevity, um, not too high of peaks, but uh, there's not really a better, a better answer here. Fifth in total rebounds and fifth in blocks. So there you go. Decent center. Second team was Jose Calderon, DeMar DeRozan, OG Anunobi, Pascal Siakam, and Antonio Davis. Our third team, mention him up top, the vastly underrated Damon Stoudemire. He was your rookie of the year. In the Kevin Garnett draft, 95-96, uh, 41 minutes a game as a rookie. Of course, he was on a terrible team that, you know, was in their uh, in their debut season, won 21 games, but who really cares as a rookie. Uh, 19 points, 9 assists as a rookie. That's pretty good. Hit a lot of threes, 40% his rookie year, down to 35 the next year, but still pretty good. Uh, traded in 1997. And I feel like they want that one back. He was traded with Carlos Rogers and Walt Williams to the Blazers for Kenny Anderson, washed up. Gary Trent, not that Gary Trent, different Gary Trent. The father of future Raptors player Gary Trent Jr., who did not make this list. Now, rookie Alvin Williams, who just never panned out. Uh, first, that became Bryce Drew. Absolutely no idea who that is. Another first round in 98, Mirsad Turkan from Serbia. Uh, played 17 games in his NBA career. And a 98 second, Tyson Wheeler, who played one career NBA game. So they gave up the best player in the draft for a washed up player, an okay player, a rookie player who never panned out, and three draft busts. That's cool. Doesn't rank high on... Uh, an all-time Raptors list, but he is fourth in points per game, 19.6 in his two and a half years there, and first in assists per game, 8.8 .8 per game. But of course, two and a half seasons, not high in the totals. He ended up having a really, really nice career with the Jailblazers in the early 2000s. 
but he really peaked with Toronto, probably because he was the only good player. Uh, a third team shooting guard, Fred Van Vliet. I'm always up and down on Fred Van Vliet. I don't know if his uh, numbers are empty. He does shoot so low, 40% from the field, below 43 times in his career. Um, but he was an all-star in 22, 20 points per game. Hits a lot of threes, 242 in that 22 season. Uh, in those 19 playoffs, he really burst onto the scene. That, that whole team could really be considered for a, a most improved player in that solo Kawhi Leonard year in 2019. Kind of like the 2014 Suns. Just a lot of players burst onto the scene. It was really weird. Um, probably because they got rid of DeMar DeRozan, who, again, I love. Uh, the 2014-2019 playoff run, though, just a lot of up and down. He did a stretch where he could just not make a shot that spanned two series. Averaged seven points and then two points per game against Philly. I think he really used him during that seven-game seven game series. Uh, up to nine points per game in the Eastern Conference Finals against Milwaukee. He shot 12% against Philly. 7% from three. One out of 14 from three. Three for 24. Three for 24 from the field. Jumped up in the next round against Milwaukee. Hit 57% of his threes. 16 of 28. Uh, just 10 points a game, and then 14 points a game in the finals. So, you know, stepped up when he needed it most. There you go. And he was a young player, so you can forgive the uh, the jitters for his couple series. Now he's just trade bait. I don't think he's going to last very long. I don't think he's a great player, but he's a good scorer. Fun guy to watch. Third team, small forward. This might be crazy. I want Tracy McGrady. Uh, he was there three seasons. Came in as an 18-year-old high schooler. 18 minutes a game up to 23 his second year. 31 minutes a game his final year in Toronto when they made the uh, the playoffs. One of the best couple players, you know, 15 points, three assists, six rebounds. His three ball didn't really come along until the next year. And we talked more about, we talked about Tracy more in the magic section where he deserved it more. He became a Hall of Famer. But just at that size, to be able to do what he did. I mean, it was Kevin Durant. It was, it was Kevin Durant meets James Harden. Uh, the most surprising thing I saw in my research about Tracy McGrady. So for his career, averaged about a block a game. In his three years with Toronto, he averaged a block a game in 18 minutes his rookie season, up to 1.9 blocks per game his third year. Now looking at per 36 minutes, he averaged 2.1 blocks per 36 minutes during his time with Toronto. That ain't bad. And frankly, there's just not a lot of better options at small forward. Uh, 13 power forward, I said it earlier, he is not a bust. But he is one of the worst number one picks of all time. He fits right in that sweet spot. Uh, Andrea Bargnani, seven years with Toronto. Averaged 21 points a game when he became the uh, offensive centerpiece once Bosch left in 2011. 21 points a game. Yeah, good three-point shooter. 36% for his career, making a you know 1.3 game. Dreadful rebounder. Uh, his highest was six rebounds a game. And this dude is seven feet tall. And I mean, he's fairly thick, you know, just unathletic. Didn't try very hard. Uh, I think the Knicks fans hated him, so his career's looked down as much as worse. But he played 10 seasons, had a 20-point year. Uh, it's an all-star consideration in 2011. He's sixth in total points for the Raptors. Eighth in total rebounds, despite being a terrible rebounder. Uh, sixth in threes. He just had range. Nice offensive weapon. He could be like the, you know, the second guy off the bench for a good team, I think. Uh, and then he can masquerade as a is a top option for a really bad team. And third team center, I think I might regret this, but I'm going Marc Gasol. 
Played there for a season and a half. Uh, 70 total games with Toronto. Stats aren't great. Averaged 8 points, 6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, uh, 45% from the field. Made a 3 a game at 40%, though. Not bad. But he was the you know defensive centerpiece of that championship team. And having him in the center as a you know one of the best passing big men of all time that was that was helpful for them uh, and I, I think that uh, that title kind of secured his place in the Hall of Fame and the stats don't really back it up but uh, I think if they don't make that trade I don't know if they win the title so that third team is Damon Stoudemire Fred Van Vliet Trace McGrady Andrea Bargnani and Mark Gasol the hardest cuts uh, Doug Christie at shooting guard he could have made it over Fred Van Vliet he was there five years Put up a lot of points maybe you know one of the best couple players on those teams that made the playoffs with vince very very good defensive player got a little bit better with sacramento or maybe he just looked better because he was with a good team finally um so you could argue him over fred van vliet and i usually go winning players over stat players so i'm kind of kicking myself for that uh morris peterson uh i think he was maybe a nice guy not a great player I think if you're a small forward on a bad team, you're going to have some nice scoring seasons. Uh, Scotty Barnes played two years. I'll take Trace McGrady's three seasons over Scotty Barnes' two, but he'll uh, he'll he'll secure that third spot. Third team coming soon. Uh, Marcus Camby only played there two years. Did lead the league in blocks his uh, sophomore season, 3.7 a game. So he played more games with Toronto than Marcus Saul did. Like, you can't argue, oh, well, I, I can't really argue. He didn't play there long enough for me to put him on the list because Marcus All played less. And he had better stats, but eh, a title, you know. Uh, Charles Oakley kind of passes prime. Important for those Vince teams, but um, I don't think he's the third best power forward in their history. Serge Baca, kind of the exact same thing, actually, passes prime. Uh, he might have been as important as um, Marcus All in those title teams, uh, but this, the power forward is just way tougher of a position. So if you hate my wrong opinions, tweet me at wrongopinionnba. If you like my opinions, I like validation too. Uh, we will be back next week ranking the third of five teams who I've categorized as a single era, which basically means they won one title in one stretch. This team hasn't made the finals in a long, long time. One of the original NBA teams had a title back in the 50s. Couldn't guess who it is. Peace out.